0: It is Brandon Charles, and I am excited for another great episode of Breaking Bread with Brandon, where I have conversations and bring out the interesting side of everyone. Uh, this evolved from a show called Breaking Boundaries, which was actually on an Arlington, Virginia radio station, 96.7 FM, which is the archive where I pulled last week's interview. Rest in peace to my dear friend, Sarah Ramirez. We all shared memories after listening to that episode of all the times we spent together. So to be able to do that for Tribute was really, truly amazing. Uh, And I just appreciate my friends for being here with me. Uh, This podcast is about real life. We're all going through hard times right now. We're all trying to find... That unity, and this is what I call the original social media. Breaking Bread with Brandon is where I have honest conversation, and I want you to be here and check it out. Like my friend Scott, Uh, this past Friday we recorded this conversation. So I met Scott on Clubhouse in the voiceover rooms. Uh, Something I always loved about my radio show in Arlington was when I had community volunteers who are also radio presenters. So a lot of the things we went through were very equal. I could talk to people around me about it and they would totally understand it. That's why connecting with a lot of voiceover professionals recently has been a welcome surprise and an unintentional community that has really helped me in these strange times. So my guest today from Florida, we talk about everything from voiceover to radio to even being an air pilot. Yeah, it's breaking bread with Scott Chambers and Brandon Charles. I am so glad we are finally able to do this. I, I'm just so happy that I can talk to you, Scott. How are things today?
1: Well, in my world, it's Friday. I, this yes. is being recorded on a Friday, and it definitely feels like a Monday. It was oh, a holiday yeah. week, so everything just like doubled up work. You know, had the backload from the holiday, so it's been a busy week.
0: Yeah. It's been kind of weird these weeks. It's almost seems like they're slow and fast. Like they're slow in the sense where it's like, where's the weekend, but then you're like, where'd the time go? I have no time left in my day to get anything done at all. Like house cleaning. Oh, I'll get to it. I guess. Oh man.
1: And see, that's the weird thing. For those of us that work from home, everyone just assumes we have all the time in the world. Right. When we don't, you know, it's, I, I swear, I think I've been working from home for nine and a half years now and I probably have less free time working for myself from my home studio than, than I do if I was punching a clock in the old eight to five like I used to do.
0: That's been a really interesting kind of problem that's been happening recently with a lot of people who are just starting to work from home is before there was this built-in time clock of, okay, I'm doing this at this time, I'm doing that at that time and, uh, and maybe this is just a problem in you know voiceover and audio anyway, but I know it's definitely a problem for people who are working. Is that their bosses just assumed, oh, well, they're home, they're they're around, they can they can answer their emails or do this you know on the fly or whatever.
1: Yeah, it's so funny. All of my friends that were working at home during the pandemic, they're like. You know i'm trying to to juggle it and i just it can't be done because i'm at home and i know that i've got housework that needs to be done and i they so and i'm like that's cute you know right exactly <laughs> and, uh, over time you get used to it i remember I, i'll never forget my first week when when i left radio and went full-time in voiceover i thought i've got all the time in the world on my hands and i, I tried you know wrapping my day up by two o'clock sip a margarita by the pool and then mm-hmm. I quickly realized that's not going to work because I'm running a business. And if I want to feed myself, I've got to work long hours, many, many days, more than eight hours. So. Yeah, I think a lot of people are adjusting, Um, you know, we're a year and a half into the pandemic and and a lot of friends are still working from home and they're just now getting used to the schedule of of doing it really does take a lot. Everyone thinks it's just magic to work from home, but it takes a lot to do and and have a rigorous schedule from home because, yeah, your bed is, you know, a few rooms away and it is tempting to want to go climb in, you know, at at 2 p.m., (laughs)
0: Absolutely. That's something else that I find interesting as well. Uh, I'm sure you've seen this. Obviously we, we met on clubhouse and we see this everywhere all over there. And especially in podcasts, these entrepreneur podcasts work for yourself, be your own boss. And everybody always talks about the highlights and the great parts about it. But the reality is, is you are responsible for whether or not you pass and fail. There's people that work for other companies and they can say, oh, well, my group leader didn't get the project to me on time. But if you don't make it, you're the one who kind of takes the blame there.
1: Yeah, you really do. Um, You know, I spent many years in radio and television and towards the end of my career in radio, I actually became the CEO of a syndication company. And so I had a lot of burden on my shoulders of making sure we were meeting monthly goals and monthly numbers. And that's where I think I truly learned to run a business. I don't know who the hell put me in charge of a company when I was 26 years old, but they did. Um, And and I learned a lot from it. and, And I took that experience into my own business because you do have to run this like a business. That's what Absolutely. it is. It's not sitting behind a microphone and just talking all day. You, I spend most of my time running a business. Going into the voiceover booth is just a very small sample of what I do. Right.
0: So what made you fascinated with audio entertainment to begin with so obviously right now you're doing voiceover uh stuff you've been in radio and i'm sure you've done some other stuff surrounding that sort of business what was that moment where you just became
1: really passionate
0: about just audio in general
1: Ooh. um okay so let's go back to 1994 i think it was in a small town of Gadsden, Alabama, I used to listen to the radio religiously. I I was a big radio fan growing up when I was a kid. I would listen to syndicated shows. I would listen to AM and FM radio. I would go to sleep at night with a radio under my pillow. Listening to, there used to be a syndicated show, a a nationally syndicated overnight show uh, by a host uh, named Blair Garner. He hosted a show called After Midnight, which was just awesome. And I would go to bed with my radio under my pillow. And at some point during the night, I would wake up and listen to After Midnight with Blair Garner. And I thought, I want to do that one day. I was probably the only child who who had aspirations of growing up to work a graveyard shift. Like that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to oh, wow. one day become the host of After Midnight. Like that's what I dreamed and aspired to do. So I was just, I was infatuated with it. And then it, it grew beyond that. I would listen to local morning shows on the way to school, and and I just became fascinated with the broadcast medium. Television also, I was a TV junkie, local news. I started watching all of the local news programs. So I think by about, probably by about third or fourth grade, I knew what I wanted to do, but I was also interested in aviation. So I was at this, it's weird to say I was at a crossroads in life when I was in third grade, but I'm like, do I want to be on TV? do I want to do radio or do I want to be a pilot? Um, And then my love for weather grew too. So I I was like, meteorology is cool. Let's throw the fourth thing in the ring. So I've got like four career choices. And now I kind of do some form of all of them (laughs) to this day. Um, But so that was in third grade when I, I kind of really loved the audio space. So by fifth grade, I was... I was actually overseeing a, a school newspaper that went out countywide to all of the schools it went out to 12 schools in my local county and i was the editor oh, wow. of that newspaper and so i wrote the program director of the local radio station and said hey i'm the editor of this newspaper that goes out to 12 schools i have an interesting view on the world from a, a kid's perspective i want to do a radio show now i mean that was a ballsy move and th- oh yeah this guy actually took the time to call me And said hey i think this is pretty cool he's like why don't we get you in uh during spring break come in um, on tuesday and thursday and we'll do a segment with you and so i did and it worked and people kind of liked hearing the world from a kid's point of view so it became a regular feature my mom would take me to the local radio station on tuesdays and thursdays sometimes i would do it on the phone uh, but it was called scott on the spot and so I did that on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and and that went on for about a year and a half. And then wow. because of consolidation and whatnot, the guy lost yeah. lost his job uh, later on down the road. Uh, well, let, let me back up, because that, that actually happened a long time ago, but it went on about a year and a half, and then a new program director came in and, and stopped that with the morning guy, right? So fast forward yeah. now to about five years later, they fired the morning guy, and then I ended up getting hired about six months later to take his job, Oof. which was crazy. And then a year after that, it's when I went off to college and my professor, when I walk into the communications department is the guy I replaced who gave me my first shot in radio. Oh
0: <laughs> man, talk about awkward. I mean, I think people know the radio business is what it is and it's not like you were out gunning for his job. No. What was that like face to face meeting? Like when you first saw it,
1: it was like, oh, this is not going to go well. I'm going to get an F in this class. Like, I knew. I was like, I will get an F in this class. This guy probably hates me. But it's not true. He did not hate me. He's like, it's the nature of the beast. That's radio. And we're friends to this day. Um, That's great. He's a really good guy. We've been friends uh, all of these years. We, we, You know, I moved out of state, obviously. But we, we communicate on Facebook and keep up with each other. Uh, good guy. So that, that was kind of how I started in the business. And then from there... Um, had that morning show then I got hired away to another 100,000 watt FM station a year later and that kind of really began my my radio journey in bigger radio at that point
0: I'm just thinking of what you said about your start and kind of how you called the program director and you had that segment going for a year and a half because that's what I did a lot. I was, you know, I was a part of those little countdown shows they did every day and he would never give me a script, but I would always pay attention to the station contests and station business that was going on and I became a character one take Brandon on the air and it was just a thing that we did. But I'm just thinking to myself and I don't want to rant about this. I really, you know, because I do enough of that on Facebook, but I don't want to rant about oh, all is this and radios, that, but there really was a, a talent farm back in the day where the program director or especially the afternoon or morning show talents, they'd see the younger audience and, and the people who are passionate about radio and they would really take them under their wing and it would become a thing and there would be bits made out of it. And it, the thing about today is there's almost more and less options simultaneously for people to get their name out there. There's more in the sense where people can, for example, do what I'm doing right now and host a podcast, but less in the sense where there was a community water cooler, so to speak. And that community water cooler is where everybody gathered and everybody listened and everybody kind of hung out. So there was a bit of uh, more of a, I guess, prosperity in that regard there was a transition point i just don't know what to think about this era it's a really strange wild west time for audio right now
1: yeah it really is you know i think back to the days where you and i got started and i say back to the days like we're like really old old (laughs) exactly yeah Uh, nowadays it, it the talent pool it's still there yes it's just harder for them to be discovered And people are having to go to different mediums to be discovered. There are great successful radio shows that were discovered off of YouTube or TikTok. One of the stories over the past year and a half that I've really loved to follow is uh, Josh Brubaker, uh, Brew on the radio. Uh, He was in Detroit. I believe he was in Detroit and he developed a huge following on TikTok. And they didn't lock him down into a contract, and now he's uh, at 97.1, I think, Amp in Los Angeles. Maybe they recently changed their name, but he's, he's in L.A. doing afternoon drive now, so there are ways. There, there's plenty of good talent out there. It's just how yeah. that talent gets discovered.
0: And for better or worse, you know, congrats to him. Uh, He was actually a part of their national syndication initiative, uh, their top 40 stations. So he very quickly after getting hired there ended up on a lot of different stations. And, And that's something else I want to talk about, too. I don't fault the talent you know, for for having these jobs in these different markets. I mean, of course, it's going to be a great thing for for brew to be in all these different markets and especially to do so at such a young age. Uh, obviously, you know, my, my heart goes out to a lot of the talents that were on these various radio stations that got replaced uh, with that sort of national syndication thing. But, you know, good for the people who do, too. I mean, you know, it's, it's a weird catch 22 because it's, it's it's downsizing but it also is providing opportunity for some people uh through some channels of distribution
1: yeah when you look at talent like that i mean this is someone we are talking about brew i you know that's someone that just has raw talent that's so good oh yeah that just wants to so natural. do good natural radio every single day i don't think he had aspirations to be syndicated nationwide he was just so freaking talented his company said, let's syndicate you. I was a little different. Right. I wanted to be syndicated early on. I'm like, I want to be syndicated. I have nothing to offer the world, but I want to be syndicated, damn it. Um, right. But but it took some time, and, and I got a great co-host who I worked with for over 10 years, and we really honed our craft and eventually did end up in syndication. A- at our peak, we had 60-something stations. A- wow. And so that was pretty cool. But I, I, it, I was lucky. I, I was just... I want to say I was lucky, but, you know, it took a lot of hard work there, too. And then at some point along the way, it quit being fun. It it quit being fun for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I can see that. I am still passionate about the industry. I, I made it a point throughout my years to network with a lot of people, whether it is in radio or whether it's in VO radio imaging or various styles of voiceover, uh, because it really is, it's a fascinating industry. And it's, it, you know, you are responsible, whether you're doing a radio show or even promos of kind of making someone's day i mean you, the emotion that goes into it and like you said it's not just about talking there's days and i'm sure you can relate to this where you might not even feel like getting out of bed and you gotta deliver 125 million percent uh of your effort because that's what a the client expects and b it sets the tone so yeah i think that that's lost the
1: days that sometimes i don't want to get out of bed usually end in Y. Uh, Yeah, right. I have a, as a voice actor, I have a a session Monday through Friday that starts at 6 a.m. It's a live directed session uh, for a network affiliate station. So I roll out of bed at 5.15. I'm in the studio by 5.30. And that goes back to running a business. You really have to operate it like a business because when I started doing voiceover after leaving morning radio, I thought, hey, I can sleep till noon if I want to, but you can't. And here I am some 20 years later after starting radio, I, I was a morning drive guy, but I've never been a morning person. I just learned to deal, I right. dealt with it. You know, I never got used to it, I just dealt with it. So yeah, there's many days you don't wanna get out of bed, but I have to roll out of bed, and then in about a 15 to 20 minute span, I have my coffee and I make myself come alive. And when I get behind that microphone in that booth, I give, like you said, 120% if, if that's even possible. I definitely give my 100% yeah. every day. And then when the session's over, I sit back and go, oh my God, how did I just pull that one off? You know, Right. <laughs> so uh, mor- mornings uh, suck still to this day, but if I want oh, I d- I to pay my it. bills, I have to do it.
0: I'm just going to call myself out for one thing that I said. I, I It's always so cheesy when somebody's like 150 million percent <laughs> of something. And I'm just sitting there thinking, Brandon, did you really just do that? Like,
1: well, no. It, I, hate, I hate saying that. I do, that. too. I, I, I hate any time someone says more than 100%. But you have to give 100% then some. You have to bring your all, um, especially – In my case, when you just roll out of bed, because if you come in there half assing it or bringing 60%, you're not going to have that job very long.
0: Exactly. What was that like for you? Like, how did you discover voiceover? Because obviously it is while it's similar to radio broadcasting. It is very different at the same time. So I'm going (laughs) to.
1: Uh, It's gosh, I'm gonna get tongue-tied. I know very very complicated story. Yes. Yeah Yeah, yeah, it kind of is because here's the thing my mom Who works as my personal assistant to this day or or now I hired her about seven years ago I was a couple of years into my journey at that point She's the one that tried to talk me to do voiceover She's she tried to talk me into voiceover when I was about 19 years old Um, I I started doing some commercials on the side uh, in radio and she's like I think you should do this voiceover thing and I'm like what's voiceover. I mean how naive was I I didn't even know what voiceover she's like you know commercials and things i was like
0: no it's not common though a lot of people ask me that question yeah. all the time like ever since I started talking about being in the voiceover rooms with all of you uh, I keep getting messages from people what is this and I don't think they realize how nuanced and complicated it is either it's not just one genre. You know, either. It's
1: not it's so many genres which I later discovered but back in the early days this would have been early early 2000s, my mom was like, you really should do voiceover stuff. And I'm like, no, I want to be a radio star. You know, I want to be on TV and which I I did radio. Then I went to television and actually ended up hating TV. Um, It was something about the makeup and and all of that. I just didn't enjoy it. So after a couple of years, I left TV, went back to radio. And and then that's when the syndication started. Um, So during my time in radio, I started doing more commercials on the side. And I was like, "Hey, that's maybe kind of what my mom was talking about early on. This voiceover stuff. I'm getting paid on the side to do some commercials. That's kind of cool. But it never really came to the forefront of my mind. I could make a living doing that. It never really crossed my my mind at all. And then oh, one wow. day, I was I had just finished wrapped up a morning show, and I got a call from a um, an auto dealer." Who was already an advertiser at our network uh, at, at our network station, uh, where we originated the show from, and he said, "Hey, you know, I want you to continue doing my commercials for my dealership, but I want to deal directly with you instead of with a salesperson." And I'm like, "Well, here's the thing: if you want me to do the commercials and you're going to call me at home and all of that, you're going to have to pay me a separate fee, but you're still going to have to buy the ad time, you know, on the network." Um, he's like. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, give me a price, and and we'll see what we can do. Well, I really didn't want to do it. I I had no desire. I'm like, that's going to be a pain in the butt. This guy's going to call me all the time, want me to update his spots. So I threw a ridiculous number, or at least what I thought was a ridiculous number at the time. And he's like, deal. I'm like, oh, damn. I just... It's
0: amazing when you stumble into it, yeah. right? Like, it's like, okay, guess I'm doing this.
1: Right. So <laughs> even even though I do VO now and my mom had talked about VO early on, I didn't really seek out voiceover. Voiceover kind of found me. I literally stumbled into this absolutely one hand tied behind my back, not knowing what was going on. And so before I knew it, he recommended me to a friend of his that had 10 dealerships. And so within like a span of a month, month and a half, I had 11 auto dealerships I was doing commercials for. And it just it's wow, it building from there, and before I knew it, I was making more money doing the voiceover thing than I was with the syndicated radio show, which was interesting. My partner and I, who is still a good friend, um, the relationship's not the same that you know it was eighteen years ago, fifteen years ago, whatever. Uh, we're still we're still friends, right. but the show had started to. I mean, we had done just about everything we could do at that point. And so I started thinking, hey, um, maybe I don't want to continue doing this from now on. This voiceover thing is paying me a good bit of money on the the side, plus my radio income. I mean, I'm making two full-time livings here. And so when it came time to kind of a contract renewal was coming up, I made a decision that I wasn't going to renew mine, but my co-host wanted to. And so one morning we were driving to the studio. We carpooled together. like We had a really tight bond. We would even carpool. Mm-hmm. And so we were carpooling into work one morning, and I looked at him and said, I, I'm not going to renew. And he's like, what are you talking about? I said, yeah, I've, I've decided I'm not going to renew. Um, I'm going to take the weekend to think about it. We were supposed to sign on Monday. We both had, we got the contracts, had, we were supposed to turn them in that day. And I said, take the weekend and mm-hmm. think about it. And so Monday morning came, we're carpooling into work. He shows up at my house, we got in my SUV, we start driving down the uh, freeway to the, to the studio. And I look at him and said, well, I've, I've got the paperwork and my resignation letter, you know, saying at the end of this contract, I'm, I'm not going to renew. He didn't speak a Damn. word to me. Uh, the rest of the drive in, we didn't talk the rest of the show, only time we would speak to each other was on the air. He was so angry at me. And um, I did. When the show was over, I went to the GM's office. uh, We sat down for a meeting. I I turned my paper in and said, look, here's my resignation at the end of the contract. I'm not renewing. And he and I didn't speak for about two years after that. And so the three months came to an end. The contract was over. I went home. And that began my voiceover journey. And I've been doing it for nine and a half years.
0: What was that feeling like for you when you decided to jump off that ledge? Obviously, some people around you, I'm sure, were a little surprised. But for you, when you decided to go all in on it, what was that feeling like for you in your mind? Were you concerned or nervous at all? Or were you confident like, hey, I, uh, this is going really well. It seems like what I'm supposed to be doing. And we're going to oh go with it.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> the, I will never forget our last show. I was super excited. You know, announced to everyone, this is it. Today's the last show. Uh, we had built it up all week that we were coming up on the end of, of the 10 year run and everything, and um, so that Friday, the day the show ended, I was super excited driving home i 'm like, my life is in my hands i 'm in control now. this is going to be excellent." Monday morning came, my body clock woke me up at my normal time three forty five mm-hmm. I, I lay there in bed, staring at my ceiling fan and thought, "Oh my god i Boy, don't I don't have to do. go to work now. I don't have to go to a studio, um, a radio studio. I've got to go to my voiceover studio. What have I just done? What What if? What, what if I end up losing clients? What if I'm not earning a good living at the end of this year? And I panicked. And I think I went through sort of, um, I was shell-shocked for probably about a week trying to get my bearings about me, even though I had been successful for a year leading up to it at that point it was all vo that that was it like that was going to be my life and my income and so i kind of panicked and it took a couple of weeks to really understand that you've got to run this like a business if you're going to be successful and i'll be honest that that first year was still pretty decent and then I discovered like voiceover conferences. Let's go to a VO conference and maybe we can learn more. Well, I went and I started taking notes and everyone telling me, oh no, do it this way, do it that way, do it this
0: way. Everybody's got their own And idea, so I huh? tried
1: to put all of that into play. And so in year two, I completely changed everything I did and it didn't work for me. I almost starved to death. I, I will never forget in that second year, I only made $27,000 because I tried to do it mm. everybody else's way and i was like oh my god i'm i'm going to die i'm not going to be able to eat and pay my bills so i went back to what got me there and i went back to my system and i've done it my way pretty much ever since um i i charge fair rates i i charge rates that you know i'm not trying to drive anyone out of business by any means at all Um, my rates are standard along with everyone else's now But I do things my way. I have my own system and I just it works for me.
0: So you mentioned earlier that your mother is your assistant. So obviously you have a decent relationship to make that sort of a commitment. But what is your relationship like with your mother like as far as kind of maintaining the personal relationship as well as the professional one.
1: Um, I have to remember to act like an adult around her. Um, because sometimes I can be quite childish and I also have to realize when I'm angry with her, uh, if I do anything, I would be charged as an adult. Um, <laughs> we want to kill each other sometimes, <laughs> oh, man. but she, she's my best friend. That's the best hire I've ever made. So about seven years ago, I, I was, a, you know, two and a half years into my business at that point, And I realized I've got to have an assistant. This is a lot of work. you know. If I had an office, I, I would have a secretary or an assistant. I've got to have that for my business, and because I have her, it really helped my business grow. She's able to respond to emails with clients, line up my schedule for the day, and I'm able to focus more on the acting side of things, delivering good reads to my clients, and also just running the business so I'm not dealing with a day-to-day answering the phones responding to emails as much so we have a really good relationship um my parents decided to retire and move to florida when they were 58 years old so that's been four years ago now and two days uh, well the day after they closed on their house my father who was 58 had a massive stroke um well it wasn't a massive stroke. he actually had a, a lighter stroke at that point um then a few weeks later he had another stroke um he's doing okay i mean as well as one can be uh, He's still got some effects from it uh, You would never know by looking at him and whatnot. But my mom said hey look you know Why don't you move down and, and help out Well I was a voice actor I, I work from home So I was like hey I want to live at the beach I was already planning on moving down and getting a condo On the beach anyway So I moved down I, I live next door to my parents Which hey it, it actually works out Quite well I love my parents We're really good friends so I don't mind living next door To them um, So she's next door she comes over comes in the studio and just does her thing so we see a lot of each other every day and have for years anyway the pandemics made it a little more awkward i guess because like she's literally the only person i've seen now for a year and a half so there are times that you know we probably need to hide um blunt force objects to keep from beating each other with them. Uh, <laughs> no, my, my mom is my ride or die, man. Uh, honestly, she's, right. she's part of the reason why I've been successful. So I'm super thankful to have her.
0: There's something about having those team players as well, because voiceovers and different things like that, or any sort of entrepreneurial business, it is one of those self-starter things. But really, I think the most successful people are the people who have team players in their corner in some aspect, whether it be, for example, your mother or even some of the other people in the industry. I know that you and I started talking to each other a couple months ago, I guess, a little earlier this year on Clubhouse and the various uh, voiceover rooms. And you know, I'm still extremely new to the industry, but uh, I, I really love how thoughtful and kind most of the community is. I think I thought for the longest time, and I don't know if you went through this when you first started and you're going through conferences i was a little nervous because i'm sure radio was like this for you and i see people that go through this that it's a dog eat dog sort of thing and that you are trying to make things happen and it always seems like somebody's kind of after your tail or somebody's after your job but it's not like that for the most part not you know there's people but it seems like in voiceover there's at least a community. It, there's a
1: huge community uh you know in radio it was kind of like you always felt like you needed a, a mirror posted by the door so you could check your back for knives as you would leave the radio station in, in, right. in voiceover it's not the way uh that's not the case it, it is a great community yeah i mean the, the saying is there's plenty of work to go around which is true there, there, there are tons of jobs every single day. And what I might be good for, Brandon, you might not be good for. What Brandon's good for, I might not right. be good for. Um, but in a way, sure, to say that we don't compete with each other across the board, I mean, isn't really true. I, there, there was a case not too long ago that one of my closest friends and I, both ended up being up for a national commercial and we both ended up getting shortlisted and we got narrowed down to the top two i was you know it was like i don't know if i was you know obviously i wasn't number one because he ended up getting the job but we both got shortlisted got narrowed down to us and our voice prints are similar but there's there's a lot of differences there i never really thought that one we would both end up being for up for the same job and he ended up getting it and i was super happy for him and i called to congratulate him now i wish the money would have went to my bank account because it ended up being a huge national gig that's still airing to this day um so he's still like getting good residuals on that one um but it it is what it is so yeah i mean while we do compete we don't compete i mean there's so many jobs out there and so there is a sense of community we you could never go to a voice actor Uh, excuse me you could never go to an on-camera actor like say um a a tom hanks or a tom cruise and say i want to be an actor tell me how to do it and it'd be like buzz off you know uh but with voiceover if you approach a voice actor and say "Hey, tell me a little about voiceover i'm interested chances are they're going to be like hey let's go grab a cup of coffee and and let's have a chat about it i will kind of tell you what you need to do where to go who to look for the coaches It it really is, the sense of community in this business is just phenomenal. Whether it's someone that's brand new in the business or it's an A-list voice actor who's been doing this for 30 years. um, I count some of those guys, uh, men and women, both among some of my closest friends and colleagues to this day who have been true inspirations to me that I can pick up the phone and call at any point and they will take my calls, they return my messages. It really is a community and man, like I said, I'm, I I didn't seek out voiceover. It found me and I'm so glad it did because I found my people.
0: Absolutely. I really appreciate this community at this time, especially uh, of course, being the host of this podcast, but also being someone who's new to that. And, you know, I've done a lot of radio stuff as well with various low power FMS and community radio and and the occasional commercial radio gig. Uh, but I really appreciate the sense of the tight knit community because you know, there's people that will say, Oh, it's as simple as talking or turning on and off the microphone or whatever. (laughs) But unless you're in the industry, you don't necessarily know what the problems are. So it's great when you can go to someone who's a part of it and say, I'm having this sort of problem Uh, and being able to have somebody say, I've been there, I can relate. Even if it's just event for a few minutes, I think that there's at least similar issues and not even just issues, but just celebrations that when you tell somebody, Hey, I got this, people can celebrate with you. Not that your friends and your family outside of the industry aren't happy for you, but I feel that it's sort of a, a particular cloth. It's a specific type of media that I feel like you can really relate to each other on a, on a very uh, micro level.
1: Yeah, a- absolutely. And, and I think one of the biggest things about that, too, is especially for someone that's new that wants to get in, the biggest part is listening. Using your ears and listening right. to what someone that's in the business has to say, uh, because a lot of times people want to come into the business and they're like, "Oh, I, you know, already bought some headphones and a USB microphone. I'm ready to go." Well, it's it's so much more than that. So yeah. when you do ask for advice, actually listen to the advice. Um, maybe don't take one person's word for it. Get a second opinion. Talk to someone else too. Right. But when they both match up, take that advice. Actually, you know, if someone took the time to give it to you. Don't take them for their word find find out you know what someone else has to say and then if it both matches up follow that advice
0: This is a really interesting point because I find myself while I'm a great communicator and while I really enjoy uh, whether it's voice acting or being on air, I, I enjoy being a personality. But when I'm in rooms with other people, I love listening. It's really one of the things I love doing more than anything because I like hearing other people's perspective but something I'm starting to realize too is there's got to be that sort of balance. You don't want to be the person. It's like, Hey, Hey, look at me. I'm amazing, but you don't want to be the person that's just kind of in the background, not doing anything either. I guess what would be your advice for someone who kind of wants to put themselves out there and say, Hey, I'm here, but also doesn't want to be a tool about it (laughs) for lack of better terms.
1: Well, you know, I, I love doing interviews and interviewing people, and, and being interviewed is fun too. But the key to anything, whether you're interviewing someone or being interviewed, is listening. And a quote that I came up with, it's, it was probably the only original thing that's ever came out of my mind, because in radio we borrow so many things from other people. Oh yeah. Uh, but it's, what I came up with is when you lend your ears to a conversation, the payoff is 10 times greater than when you lend your voice without something valuable to add.
0: Yes, I completely agree with that. That is absolutely on point. Yeah, I, I really appreciate you taking the time for this because I really, you know, I, I love learning. I mean, honestly, that's the whole point of me hosting this podcast and something that I'm looking forward to doing and and really it's what I value in podcasting and talk radio. I don't know if there's so much of this in standard talk radio, but I love when I can hear conversations, whether it's being the person to interview someone or whether it's listening to someone else interview a person uh, and being a fly on the wall, just learning things, you know, just being excited to learn things about people. And I feel that's something that I settled on for this podcast. I was trying to think of an angle and a theme and I'm like, you know what, you know, what's lost more than anything these days. We have all these different social media channels and all these different ways of connecting, but the art of conversation is so extremely important. And I think just like voiceover itself, people think that in conversations, oh well, all you do is just talk, right? And that's not even the case, even in a casual conversation or even in networking no. events. I think people lose sight of how important listening is or just making a connection. I think just really being friendly with people like like i see people sometimes you know i see people coming into the voiceover rooms and i'm not trying to talk smack but i see people that you can tell that they are there to try to get to know people just to advance their career that they're not necessarily interested in building the friendships with people that they just want to say hey hey look at me i'm awesome and and it seems that people can see right through that and obviously great people who have been in this business long enough can kind of see right through that but yeah i think it's just it's so important to actually build real friendships and not just hey i'm networking with you because you're in the position i want to be in
1: yeah you know the, you can smell a sewer plant from you know 10 miles away you can smell a bullshit artist from a hundred miles away right when, when you are there only for you uh that's gonna stick you're gonna stick out like a sore thumb you you can't do that it this business really is and radio too it's about building those connections and you've got to be genuine and and build a good connection now there's so much more that goes to it than just building connections right you you can be super connected but if you don't have talent or you don't have an acting background or you don't have the right coaching and training you're still not going to get very far but if you have the basic foundation of of acting skills and you've had acting training or improv and you've Done some really good coaching, and then you build those connections. That can really take you over the top. So it's a Absolutely. combination of a lot of things to get you to where you want to go. Overall,
0: so I want to talk to you about some of your other interests as well, because I did tell you in the pre-interview that I didn't want to make this completely about voiceover. Not that I have a problem with that, but I always like to make sure that I reflect the diversity of someone. And, and you mentioned earlier in this conversation that you are fan of just being, you know, maybe being trying to be a pilot or, you know, being on airplanes that that, that fascinates you. What drew you to that in the first place and and how does that manifest in your life?
1: Yeah, so I love flying airplanes. It, It is a super huge passion of mine and I knew I wanted to be a pilot early on. Um, My mom would take me when I was a kid to the uh, local airport and we would watch planes. We would plane spot on Saturdays. um, Sometimes after school, you know, if I made good grades, I would go to the airport, mommy, you know, and she would drive me over to the airport and we would sit and watch airplanes land for an hour. And I was just always fascinated with it. And wanted to be a pilot but I never wanted to be an airline pilot for some reason I don't know why but even as a child I thought hey being an airline pilot's kind of like being a bus driver but with wings so it, <laughs> it never really I, I never wanted to be an airline pilot early on now now right. fast, fast forward to today and Scott in my 30s now says hey being an airline pilot would have been awesome what was I thinking um yeah I just I loved airplanes I was fascinated and to this day when an airplane comes overhead, you know, I immediately look up and in most cases, I can tell you what type of plane it is, I can spot it. Um, and and I just know planes, love planes. So in about 2000, I wanna say about 2010, I took my first flight lesson and started flying. And about a year and a half ago, even though I've built a pretty dang good career in my profession that I have now as a voice actor, I just, something hit me that said, hey, I really would like to be an airline pilot. You know, I, I don't plan on leaving VO, but I could also fly for a living if I wanted to, just not take on any new clients, keep all of my current voiceover clients. And, um, but the problem was my medical was not current. And so I went to the doctor to try to get my FAA medical. And it was denied because in 2014, one day out of the blue, um, I had a massive headache. And I thought, oh, it's probably allergies, I'm good. Well, next day I had another headache. A few days later I had another, and then they just started persisting longer and longer and longer and longer. And it was like having a brain freeze, uh, but instead oh, wow. of 15 seconds, it went on You know, it, for a minute, then five minutes, and then at the worst, they would last about 20 minutes, and I would be on the floor in a fetal position, crying, wanting to die. So I went to the doctor, and it turns out I had a tumor on my left frontal lobe. Wow! And so that immediately disqualified me. Um, so I, I lost the FAA medical, where I could not fly and and finish getting you know all the ratings I wanted to get. I was going to go private pilot, then commercial pilot, and then or instrument rated pilot, commercial pilot, and just get as many ratings as i possibly could because when i start something i like to go all in never planned on using it but i just wanted to so i knew this whole time that see that was 2014 is when i lost my medical and so Mm -hmm. i knew last year year and a half ago that i might have a difficult time so i'm now in a battle with the faa to get my medical back so i can legally fly an airplane um the last time i was at the controls of a plane was in August of 2019 and and the only way I was able to fly it is there was a flight instructor in there so technically they're the pilot in command so that right. there are ways around it where you can still go for joy rides but no um flying is just a huge passion of mine and and I am fighting the FAA to get that back by um, all doctor standards, I am 100% completely healthy now, other than you know all the COVID 60 pounds I've gained. I, I, I'm mm-hmm. healthy, and I should be able to get my medical so I can pursue that. And then if I do get it, um, I plan on going to the local flight school here and, and getting my commercial rating, and then ultimately my ATP, my air transport pilot rating. Um, so I can actually, if I want to apply at Delta or FedEx, then I could fly an airliner. Not that I don't love my career. I know there's a lot of people going, what the hell are you talking about? You, had, you were kind of successful in radio and you've been kind of successful in voiceover. Uh, why would you want to give that up? Well, as, as I told you previously, I look at life like a book and I want as many chapters in my book as I can possibly have. Yeah. voiceover for me it's here to stay I, as long as I keep my, my voice healthy and I keep my body healthy I think I can probably do that well late into life um, but I can't fly commercially past the age of 65. So, hey, maybe I will go fly for the next 15, 25 years until I'm forced to retire and then go back and really, you know, 100% back into VO. But yeah, flying, I don't know. It's the most fun you can have with your clothes on, Brandon. It's just Mm -hmm. so much fun. I've, I've never met an airplane I didn't like.
0: That is, that is really cool. And I obviously wish you the best of luck in getting your approvals back, uh, because you're really passionate about it. And you also seem like the kind of person that you will fight for what you need and what you want, which I always appreciate. And I think it's necessary in any career, uh, whether it's radio, whether it's voiceover, whether it's flying. Uh, so I definitely admire the ambition and you're right. And honestly, the one thing I learned, especially over the last year and a half is life is short and you never know how much time you're going to get. I mean, I've just, I've just, it seems like I'm waking up every week and yeah. a friend of mine is gone and they're no longer here. And I just think to myself, wow, like they will never have the opportunity to do this or that. And while I don't like to talk too much about COVID because there's just way too many podcasts that kind of obsess over it, but I do, uh, from a positive standpoint, I'm curious, what are you doing personally to sort of stay on the up and up and kind of keep your mental health about yourself and your wits about yourself? Cause This is a very hard time to be alive.
1: Well, I would love to give you like a laundry list of, oh, I wake up and do yoga on the beach outside and then I go for a jog and I don't do any of that. Um, That's why I've gained 60 pounds. You know whew, that's a that's a really dang good question and I wish I had a dang good answer to go with it and it's and, cool and, if and you I, don't have
0: a great answer. I, I mean don't. you know we're all work in progress and that's fine because I am too. I'll be honest hosting this podcast is a part of that for me because I realize that I tend to be very insular and I don't talk to a lot of people and this is you know I hope that people will start listening and I hope that I can grow this into something but if anything It's a way for me to have conversations with people I really enjoy talking to, and it's a way for me to stay connected and to really keep my listening skills strong and to keep my communication skills getting better because I never want to be the person. And I've already seen this a few times with friends I've fallen out of contact with who passed away recently where, you know, I just, I'm not staying in contact with people and I just don't want to do that. So I guess for me, I guess just staying intentional and staying in contact with people. And sometimes that's the best you can do. Honestly, like even if it's something simple as, Hey, I'm waking up and I'm just living the best life I can.
1: Yeah. And, and that, that's what I do. I'm a people person. I love people. I love travel. I, I traveled the world many, you know, every year I would try to hit a new country, go somewhere new, fresh. And I haven't been able to do that because of COVID. But I do try to stay in contact with my friends. We, we text often, we, we call every now and then you know we we try to talk on the phone things like that keeps me sane Uh, one of my best friends she lives in la and and we text multiple times a day we try to talk once a week she keeps me saying she's understands the industry she's a fellow voice actor so we 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 talk quite frequently and uh if it wasn't for my friend susan I, i don't know what i would do my mom who i work with i see her every single day Uh, You know, we have a great relationship. So that's helped get me through COVID because I have been in quarantine. As I mentioned, my father is sick. And so he's not in the best health. So therefore, I literally have not left my house in a long time. Uh, Yeah. For a while this past spring, things started getting better. And once I got fully vaccinated, I I felt safe going out with a mask. And so from about the end of May until mid-July, when the Delta variant ramped up, I was I remember going grocery shopping for the first time in a year and a half and how excited I got when I went to my local public supermarket here in Florida. I was just like, oh, my God, I forgot how much I took, you know, shopping for my own groceries for granted. And then that first trip to Target. Oh, my God. When I went to Target, I'm like, there's humans here. What? You know, it had been so freaking long. And then the Delta variant, you know, started running rampant again. So I went back into lockdown. Um, I talk to friends, family. I do go for swims in my pool. Um, I do little things. I still get out and go for a drive. I just don't, you know, roll the windows down and talk to people. Uh, But I'll go for a drive. You know, maybe it's a walk on the beach just to try to stay sane. But I completely avoid people. I mean, I was really, because of my father being sick, I've taken this to the extreme, like I only go check the mail late at night when I will not encounter a neighbor, things like that. And I know that's not for everyone, but that's just for my situation. So I I literally haven't seen people, um, you know, up until COVID. I had been in a very serious relationship for about two year, two and a half years. And COVID wrecked that. So COVID wrecked my life in more ways than one. Um, And it's it's been painful and tough and I feel isolated at times. But I'm doing everything I can to just try to stay sane. And I think for me is knowing at some point there's going to be light at the end of the tunnel. And by God, I am going to celebrate. I probably will not be at home for two months once I feel like it's completely safe to be out. Um, I, I will be booking flights across the country to go see friends and. Food tours and just, I, I want to go see people and places and do things and be reckless because I have missed out. It feels like I've lost two years of my life.
0: Yeah, I get, definitely get that. I used to travel all the time and now I'm just like, okay, you know, so hopefully we get to that point. It, you know, I, you know, I just want to say also, while I don't need to go into like too much details, I appreciate you just being the kind of person who reaches out to people when they're going through stuff. Cause I know recently a friend of mine who lived in Florida, uh, unfortunately is no longer with us and, and you reached out and, you know, after you saw it in the paper and I just really respect, uh, you just for being present. I mean, you know, I know it's something that a good friend should do. Anyway, but I just think that deeds like that should go noticed these days because being a kind person seems to be—I don't want to say a rarity—but it's definitely something that you know. It's, it's almost like you notice when it happens now.
1: Yeah, I, I genuinely care about people. I, I do, and I, I like to foster relationships. And and you mentioned, you know, your friend. I I, had, I was opening the paper and I, I saw that. And then a day later or so, I saw you post on Facebook and I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I just, it, it hit me. That's, I remember reading that name in the local paper. And so I did, yeah. I reached out to you. I was like, oh my God, you know, I saw this, but, but that's just what friends do, you know? And, right. and what's so weird is I feel like I've known you for years and years and years. And the thing is,
0: ain't that crazy? Yeah. You know,
1: we've never actually met face to face. You and I met on clubhouse, the platform clubhouse, which really I think came to fruition at the right time because It people, did cuz I needed it. Oh me too. You know, mm-hmm. being locked down in COVID, I was going insane and that's how I've met some people that have genuinely fostered great friendships that I think I will be friends with these people for the rest of my life
0: absolutely you know people always talk about platforms like oh clubhouse is it gonna last is it not gonna last is it this or that and, and, and i think the most important thing to remember is i don't care if it's clubhouse or facebook rooms or twitter or whatever it is it's the people at the end of the day and, and same with radio same with you know whatever genre it may be or a platform it's on it's the people. At the end of the day, it's only as good as the people on it and the people supporting it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's for any app, honestly. Uh, but but mm. you can look at Clubhouse or, or Facebook. I mean, there are people that have met through tweeting each other, uh, Twitter. Uh, back, back in yeah. my radio days, I had a guy who would who found me on Twitter, who would listen to my radio show, and he would constantly tweet the show. He would call the show, but we never met face-to-face. And then Mm -hmm. one day I walked into a radio station in Florida and the guy heard my voice and spun around and said, Oh my God, you really are tall as you said you were. And I'm like, And you are? And he's like, Hi, I'm Brian. (laughs) That's weird. And I'm like, Oh my God, you're Brian from Baltimore. This guy used to listen to my show and would, and would call from Baltimore, and I had never met him face to face. But we, we had formed wow. a friendship, and I'm like, it was instantly like, oh, my God, now I've met this guy in person, and we're going to be friends. The guy's one of my closest friends to this day. I don't know what I would do without him. Um, so yeah. you can really make – and look at dating apps. All right, let's let's mm-hmm. talk about you know there there are all kinds of dating apps out there i don't even know the names of all of them i know there's like what tinder and um i, I don't plenty of fish and, and grinder and, yeah. and all of these apps out there oh, for people yeah. to meet right um if, if people can meet on those and and form close intimate relationships why can't people meet on an app like clubhouse and become actual friends if they can do it on dating apps and whatnot why, why can't, in the business world, we become friends with each other and actually become close friends because of it? Technology has changed and made the world so much smaller and I, in a good way. And I think there's a lot of negative yeah. that goes with it, too. Yes. But I think, for the most part, it's a really good thing. This is something that 20 years ago, we would have never imagined. A uh, hundred years ago, people would... Yeah, think about that. Just Just 100 oh, years yeah. ago, a lot of people would never leave their county that they lived in maybe they knew some relatives that lived you know 30 40 miles away but that was about it their world was so small now i've got friends that i talk to around the globe Uh, some of them i have met in person some i haven't um but in, in foreign countries some i've visited in foreign countries um but we're we're actually close and talk on a daily or weekly basis the world's so much smaller thanks to technology
0: Absolutely. And the word I've been using lately to make sure my interactions are pure is intentionality, really. I mean, it's only as good or as bad as you allow it to be. And and I just try to make sure I focus on building those friendships and and being present in the people's lives. I really care. about.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So as we come to a close, I just like to leave the floor open for anything to be said at all. This is the floor is all you. Uh, Any final parting thoughts you would like to wrap up with?
1: Ooh, final parting thoughts. Now you're putting me on the spot. I-
0: <laughs> yes, that's my favorite. It's Scott on the spot. Oh. I'm bringing it back. There you go. Ayo. Going yeah. back to
1: early in the interview, huh? Um,
0: mm-hmm. I, full circle, a- man.
1: Absolutely. Um, yeah, you know, be kind to others because you never know yes. what kind of day someone's having. You never know when you're going to be the bright light in someone's life. You you never know when someone's on the edge, when they feel lost and alone. And just one smile to a person may be enough to save their life. And so yeah, I have bad days just like everyone else. But I always try to put myself in someone else's shoes. Um yeah, when when you're driving, and I say driving, I don't drive very often anymore because of the pandemic. But you know, if you're if you're behind the wheel of a car, you know, think think before you start honking at someone, just yeah, maybe they're a little slow to put their foot on the accelerator to leave that light when it turns green. You don't know what's going on in someone else's life. So try yeah. try to be kind to people. We, we need more kindness in this world. We need more civility. We're, we're in a day and age where people hate each other. Like in the past year and a half, I've witnessed families split and turn on each other based on politics, religion. I just uh, COVID-19 has split family. There, there's so many things. So yeah. just for a moment, b- before you freak out on someone, just just take a deep breath and say, you know, wonder what kind of day they're having. You you never know. So be yeah. kind to other people. If I, I think that's what I would leave people with is just be kind to others.
0: Absolutely. And I think to wrap this up to kind of echo what you're saying, it really get to the roots of what is, of course... The, the the thing went off because I have it set to the E-word, so I didn't think about what I was saying. <laughs> but uh, to illustrate what you are saying, uh, people need to really get to the root of what's bothering them and what's really going on because it's really not about the religion or the politics or this or that. Like What's really going on? I, For example, when the pandemic started, I knew I had to deal with my depression and things that were... Eating me alive because it was only going to get worse. Mm-hmm. And this is not going away, unfortunately, anytime really soon. No. So I just think it's really important to be honest with ourselves and the people around us. So thank you so much for being on today, though. I really appreciate it. It's really great that we were able to sit down and do this. Yeah. And, you know, it's just great that I get to know you even a little bit better. And now more people get to
1: so, know you. Brandon, the pleasure's in mine. Thank you so much for everything you do. Uh, I re- you're great at doing interviews, and I really look forward to hearing more of your podcast because it's just genuine conversation and I think we need more genuine conversation.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much. That's what I'm going for. So I did my job right. All right. Yes. Uh-huh. All right. Have thank a you great Brandon. day. Have a great one. All right. That was so much fun. It was such a pleasure to sit down with Scott Chambers. Uh, the friday was his monday and it definitely was my end of week but we worked it out i just want to say how much i appreciate all of you for coming along for this ride with me brandon charles as i figure out all this technology i'm so used to working in a radio studio now i'm using virtual technology and i can do all of these 10 things that i'm doing during an interview in my own house now so Instead of darting around with the swivel chair, I can now dart around the couch. Uh, Just glad to have so many different people to talk to. I am looking forward to breaking bread with a lot more people. Thank you to my friend and voiceover actor, Scott Chambers. This is Brandon Charles, and let's break some more bread next week.